You're listening to the Nightlight Radio Network. This is Dr. Zohara Hieronymus, co-host of 21st Century Radio. We are happy to present this rebroadcast of our show on Nightlight. Enjoy. Joining us this hour is Laurie Toy for a discussion of her book, A Teacher Appears, an Introduction to the Ascended Masters of the I Am America Teachings. Lori has joined us over the years to discuss what happened to her decades ago when, in the middle of the night in 1983, she had a bedside visit from the Master St. Germain, who later returned with four of his friends, teachers in white robes, who presented Lori with a map of America. Earth changes and consciousness changes are partners, as her map shows, and which I've included in my new book, Future of Human Experience. Lori's going to talk to us about her own experience with these Ascended Masters, this time in human history, and what we can all do to manifest our highest good for the good of the cosmic plan. Lori, thank you so much for joining us, and I'm so glad to see you've written a new book, A Teacher Appears. Thanks for having me back on the show. You're welcome. Well, this book is a compilation of many of the teachings you received so many years ago. Talk to us a little bit about your initial experience, and then maybe we'll talk about how the map might look different today, or if your perception has changed, or how things might be different. Well, of course, these teachings began when I was um, 22 years old. I had walked into a health food store. I was an advertising sales rep, and there I met a woman. Um, who I was to pick up an ad from, and she pointed her finger at me and said, you have work to do for Master St. Germain. And at that time, I had no idea who Master St. Germain was, let alone an ascended master. So I asked her, I said, well, who is St. Germain? And she uh, said, come to my back office, and I went into her back office, and there on the wall was a picture of the Master St. Germain, a person that when I saw the picture, I thought, oh, my gosh, I think I've known this person before. And so that was my first introduction to Ascended Masters and the fact that they may even have spiritual teachings. She began to share spiritual teachings with me and became one of my first teachers of the, of the Ascended Master tra- tradition. What, what, let's start right there with the Ascended Masters. What does that refer to and who are these beings? Well, they are spiritual beings who have transcended the human experience. That is, they no longer require a physical body to be incarnated in. They have gone through the cycle of lifetime after lifetime and have, much like Christ or the Buddha or any of the great avatars that have led the worldwide religions that we now know and understand, they ascended to a new level of comprehension or reality. And from that, they have organized into a group purpose. And the Ascended Masters now are a group of brotherhood and sisterhood of light and sound who are pledged not only to protect our spiritual growth and evolution, uh, we as humanity, but also they are pledged to protect all the human freedoms on this earth. Because through them, they see that freedom is the only way that we can achieve our own spiritual liberation and move and transcend to another level of realization. And, of course, with earth changes and what we see happening in terms of the unraveling of governments and a a great sort of sea change worldwide in terms of people wanting this kind of freedom, 
and and rightful representation in how their lives are determined. When you talk about freedom, though, it's not just freedom from without. It's also a certain kind of freedom within. Talk to us a little bit about at the time when these beings started showing you things. I remember you saying at one time that it was pretty upsetting. You had young children. And what they were showing you, if anybody's ever looked at the map, and they can go on your website, www.imamerica.com, with spaces between I am and America. Is that right, Lori? Yes, they can go to imamerica.com, but they can also go to loritoy.com. And that's spelled L-O-R-I, toy, T-O-Y-E.com. You can take a look at the map, and when you see it, you go, oh, my God, where's California? You know, California's where, gone. <laughs> right, where's part? So talk to us a bit about that, because when, you know, it's it's people have been talking about this time period for many centuries that were coming into sort of a flowering, as as the Aztecs would say, that this is a time period when all all of the cultures who have existed will kind of cross-pollinate. But, convergence, yes. Yeah, exactly. So share with us sort of the broad perspective that these Ascended Masters have presented you with. Well, it's been a stark juxtaposition from where I thought I would be in life. You have to remember my beginning journey. I was extremely conventional. I was a Missouri Synod Lutheran Church member. And um, I had been involved in advertising to some degree. I had done some projects on my own. But for the most part, everything that I had done was pretty conventional. I was a mother of three children. But when I began to read the Ascended Masters biographies, I was just intrigued with their stories of love and courage and endurance. And within that, um, I, I was also intrigued with the idea that we could spiritually develop ourselves and transcend to a new level. This was all throughout the 80s, and of course during that time, we had the World Day of Healing, which fortunately I found a group in this small town I lived in at the time in the Pacific Northwest that I could meet with, and we, we actually worked together, as everyone did at that time, as, as light workers. Also, Jose Arguez's Harmonic Convergence. I feel like these were two very remarkable key events that happened in the 80s that, that really swung open the door from metaphysical and new thought into the 90s. Um, I published the map in 1988. And the I'm America map is a map of the Ascended Master's prophecies of Earth changes. It, it was based largely upon a dream that I had had in the early 80s. And um, later on, I was able to enter into a trance meditative state and retrieve the information. And that was all compiled into what later became the I'm America map. But um, it, it was very difficult for me, so it was not an easy... Um, shift, if you will, in moving from a more conventional way of thinking into this new way of thinking. And just the fact even that I realized that I had this ability, because when I would go into meditation, there would always be master teachers there ready to give me instruction. And I didn't even realize at the time in the late 80s that I was a channel. But this whole process for me to develop my meditation technique to become a channel, and then to evolve to develop a relationship with the master teachers and my own I am presence is what a teacher appears is about. It's about how they presented this very profound message of change, a change that would happen not only with earth changes, but would happen in our social structures, in our economy, in our culture, a change that would happen everywhere, and how they worked with me to develop not only my trance techniques, but also to grow and evolve spiritually so that I would be able to share this message with others. 
When anybody enters the path of self-refinement, which is ultimately what we're talking about, and all traditions planet-wide for any serious seeker discovers that they're all teaching the same thing, which is a kind of unity consciousness, that we might experience ourselves as separate and individual and unique with our own desires and needs. And But at a certain point in your life, you can um, find a way to have a certain ongoing open-hearted compassion and empathy so that you don't feel the separateness. When when you looked and when you look at these beautiful 51-some teachings, I remember you said that there were 60-some sessions originally and you were like, a secretary basically taking down dictation. I was like a telephone in the beginning. My my whole approach to the material was almost seemed very obtuse in the beginning mm-hmm. because I would hear what they were saying, though, and then I would repeat that to the tape recorder. And then Dan, who served as my monitor at the time, then he would ask a question. I would relay that question back, and then we'd get an answer. So it was this very... Um, Slow, slow process. And in the beginning chapters, I talk about that, that I just wonder, you know, how much, because we were tape recording these sessions, you know, how much empty space was going to be on the tape at the time. But as I moved along through their, what I would call their portal of gratitude and appreciation, because to the Ascended Masters, they feel the best way for us to open up to these new energies is gratitude and appreciation, a very profound uh, spiritual concept, simple in, in stating it, but profound in terms of applying it. But the other thing, too, that they taught that was most fascinating is they would constantly say, you must heighten your energy to reach us as we lower ours to reach, to reach you. And you could actually feel that. And I talked about in one of the chapters just how during this time period I felt they were clearing my heart chakra uh, because it also seems as if the appreciation and the gratitude is the foundation of love. So there's no doubt in my mind that they were helping me to evolve my chakra system, especially my heart chakra, is so that I could communicate with them in a clear manner. And and when you kind of look at the, the broader picture of what the Ascended Masters are are trying to encourage us to do, as you just mentioned. Um, what are the primary challenges that we as Americans seem to face? In terms of what, though? Well, in terms of not only our awareness, but our actions. Well, there's a lot of issues that are facing us today um, in terms of the, the changes that are coming. Of course, one that I see that is very apparent is global warming and climate change. And... Um, I think that many of us are asleep at what is really happening, and I'm personally of the opinion that we are probably beyond tipping point on what is really facing us, and it's going to be huge. I do also think, though, for us, we may not see the worst of these changes in our lifetime, but I do think that our children and their children will see them. And... I feel that this information was given as a type of divine intervention, and I feel right now that only through our spiritual practice and spiritual cultivation can we change the possible course of events. Master Katumi often says, within your heart is the gentle revolution which can redirect the course of such events. Mm-hmm. So that, that is where I feel um, why this is important. Um, it's interesting. I I don't think that... When I first received this information, I think this is why it was never published, that, that I could have published it then. 
I don't think that I had the wisdom or really the eyes to see or the ears to hear, which in the master's terminology is maturity, to accurately portray this information in a way that it could really help others to begin to cultivate their own spiritual practice. One of the things that I think everybody talks about at this point in time who is looking at the choices that are being made planet-wide about the environment, about human relations, about the animal spectrum and what we do or don't do that's reverent, um, and that all of these things are private choices. I've often referred to the whole complex as a death economy, meaning that we look at things as exploitive resources, whether it's an animal or gas under the ground, and without a great deal of um, caring about the long-term impact of the short-term choices and desires. And that seems to be the biggest part about maturation, because children want what they want now. And as we mature, we're presumably looking out for everybody's welfare to the best of our ability, though that's not what we necessarily see from the quote-unquote adult society. Well, there's a real conflict in our culture and society right now. Everyone wants to be happy. They think that, that happiness is the overall goal of a good life. But for me, and what I've learned from the master teachers, it's about living our life with purpose and the innate divinity that we're each given and cultivating that divinity. But that was very fascinating that you mentioned the animals because one of the uh, prophecies and one of the master teachers, Katumi, comes in and a teacher appears, and he talks about that during the times of change that many animals, both wild and domestic, will become extinct. And I, I think I blogged something on my Facebook page um, a month or so ago about that they're, they're discovering now that because of climate change that, that indeed the, the wild herd of elk and deer and, and other wild animals will likely be depleted because of climate change. Mm-hmm. Well, we just don't have any idea, you know, what, what this is going to mean in the long term to our ecosystem. And it's interesting because when I've interviewed futurists or physicists or people really looking at, you know, the 100-year-ahead landscape or the 200-year-ahead landscape rather than the two-year or the one-year or even the 10-year perspective, they have a whole nother way of evaluating what we should be doing. And and that's why I bring up unity consciousness because I found over the almost 30-some years of interviewing people from so many different fields, it was the one thing everybody who's doing whatever they do, whether it's zoology or astrology or astronomy, everybody comes to the same place of unity consciousness. So let's talk a little bit about the way that in these various 51 teachings, they're very um, particular and they're very specific, which you've done a beautiful job of summarizing at the end of your book. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, And also what I did do is, it's two stories in one. I wrote these little intros for each of the teachings so that people could begin to kind of understand why would they give us this teaching at this moment, you know, um, because they seem, they seem, wow, this is very inordinate. But, but what I wanted to show was our very mundane life and then that hero's journey as we work to find the transcendent. And it seemed that at every moment we'd have a problem or an issue. The master teacher, the spiritual teacher then would have their solution it's always interesting because a master teacher or spiritual teacher, an ascended master, will never tell you what to do. Instead, they repeat the laws, the universal principles and the laws, and explain how they may apply to help your situation or circumstance. 
and so that that was uh, that is carried out throughout the whole theme and within the book itself. It's also a bit of a primer, if you will, for for someone who's new to this type of information and they want to learn how how to open and receive either their own intuition, connect to a personal spirit guide, or connect to an ascended master. There's a lot of techniques that's given in here that I believe anyone else probably could use. But back to where we started with this when you were talking about the universal consciousness. Indeed, I believe, too, and this is carried out as theme and variation throughout a teacher appears, that it is the Christ consciousness or unity consciousness that cultivates friendship, love, brotherhood, and oneness. And this, I believe, too, is part of the divine intervention that we need on this earth in order to effectuate a positive change. As I look at the various 51 lessons that are in the book, A Teacher Appears, one of the things that, um, and as you point out, if somebody's familiar with the Western mystery teachings, they may have heard of some of these things. But one of them is a very particular kind of meditation that I remember Elizabeth Claire Prophet and everybody out there in Montana at her retreat were very practicing, and she was very much a part of this whole kind of awareness of St. Germain and El Moria and Katumi, was the um, violet flame. Talk to us a little bit about this and why it's important. The violet flame is remarkable, though. To me, I see the violet flame as cross-cultural. I think its roots are probably in Buddhism, uh, in Hinduism to some degree, and also part of Christianity. But the violet flame simply stated it's the practice of mercy, compassion, and forgiveness in all things and situations. And it's used as prayer, it's used as mantra, it's used as decree, it's used, as Elizabeth Clare Prophet would say, as fiat. Um, it's used in many manners of spoken word, visualization. And you invoke the violet flame, which is really seen as a visible, tangible violet light spectrum. And what it does is it induces a state of detachment. It's also used to help cleanse karmas of the past or karma that you might be encountering, such as obstacles or problems that are currently maybe keeping you from realizing you know, some goal that you're pursuing or a difficulty in a relationship or even difficulty with money, um, you know, truly third-dimensional things. So the violet flame is very, very powerful. And um, that, that is also uh, has... In the book, a teacher appears as many instructions about the violet flame. And what are the basic teachings, then, about human consciousness and our power to change things? Well, of course, consciousness is related to everything. Consciousness, it's also, interestingly enough, is also related to weather. It, our human consciousness controls what the masters would call the elemental life force, the elemental kingdom, the nature spirits and the divas. And our consciousness actually affects their ability to create harmony or to create disharmony. That is, human consciousness has the ability to take a horrible, horrific storm, such as Katrina, and transmute it into a gentle rain. However, um, uh, practically speaking, <laughs> you know, just because when we see those things, we, we wonder, well, what is the power of prayer? What is the power of spiritual practice? Mm -hmm. There are many, many techniques that we can use. Um, in order to actually intervene with our consciousness. Um, one of the first lessons that, that they gave that I thought was really interesting is they talk, talked about the spirit-to-human communication, which 
relies on the development and openness of our heart chakras. So it is still, as in many Native American teachings, and that we'll find also probably also in many of the Eastern traditions, it is our open heart, it's our gratitude and our appreciation for life that is the first essential attribute to cultivate. Because until we can recognize that the earth is one, that we are one with it, and that she is a sentient, a, a being unto herself, it, it's very difficult to translate any of this information of consciousness to her and to how that can change her. It's so interesting because in in my book that took me probably 30 years of work, it's very similar in the sense of so many of us have worked so long at so many things, and it's kind of like now's the time to like let it out, <laughs> put it all out there. I think and, so, too. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for us to give this to future generations. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about my new book, The Future of Human Experience, which you are profiled in. And I, when I think about all the decades of so many people from so many different disciplines talking about things like you just said, that we have the capacity to change weather systems for the good, not just to clear clouds for sporting events, but truly to avert disaster from loss of life, loss of land, etc., but there aren't a lot of humans, truthfully, not in the Western industrial society that know this or believe it. It's, it's the indigenous peoples worldwide, presumably the poor people of the earth, who still practice this at oneness with nature. So it's Well, pretty... and unfortunately, as we get into global sea levels rising, mm-hmm. I think it will be third world nations that will be the most threatened. Mm-hmm. I think you're not alone in that prediction. We'll be right back. If you've just joined us, our guest is Lori Toy. Her book, A Teacher, appears. You can go to www.iamamerica.com, and we'll be right back. Hello, this is Dr. Raymond Moody, and I am a psychiatrist and philosophy professor, and you are listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zoe Hieronymus. Please listen to this program. I've been inspired by Zoe's work for many years. So I wanted to talk, Lori, a little bit about, for those who may have gone to your website, lauritoy.com or iamamerica.com, and looked at your I Am America map, they'll notice that there are particular areas that are considered to be like golden cities or things that will survive well. Safe havens. Um, golden cities are, are areas that are protected during the time of change. Not only, as I understand it, somewhat physically protected from a lot of the geophysical changes that are prophesied to occur. But primarily they are protected for spiritual interaction. That is, they help us to rise in vibration. And there are certain points in Golden Cities, locations in Golden Cities, as anyone can go out and discover. And these are areas that they actually assist our own spiritual evolution and growth at this time. I can imagine a lot of people looking at the map if they're not familiar with this and thinking, well, I better leave wherever it is I am and go set up shop someplace else. Talk to us a little bit about that in terms of the intentionality of some communities actually knowing that they're part of preserving something for the future and others who may be led there in the, you know, in the 11th hour. Exactly. Or as the master teachers would call the twilight hours, they, they allege that There'll be some that will never, that never will awaken, but there will be those who will awaken even in the twilight hours at the last minute. The golden cities really are something that you must have an inner call to go to. Um, there's five of them in the United States. There's one in Arizona. There's one in Illinois, Indiana, another in, in Georgia, North Carolina, another in Montana and Idaho, and then the final one 
the fifth one is in Colorado. And um, each of them carry a certain type of energy. There's 51 of them total in the world. These are just the five United States ones. And what they are, they comprise a global type of grid that is designed to lift human consciousness at this time and to engender our spiritual growth and evolution. According to the spiritual teachers, they interact with Mother Earth and certain spiritual teachers and master teachers to help raise us not only in vibration, but to allow us to have interaction with the fourth and the fifth dimension. And that concept is really important because as we move and grow into the new times, the spiritual teachers always keep reminding us that we need to learn to see and hear the intangible physical forces. And they call this the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And this is a new set of laws of the unseen. And in a teacher appears, the master teachers claim that these are ruled by thermodynamics and interdimensional uh, mathematics. That was the terminology they used back then. Today we call that quantum physics. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's so beautiful about the quantum physicists who have made a study of consciousness relative to quantum phenomena is that they've really been able to show that the spiritual lineages have all been accurate in saying that you can get to a point where you're beyond time and space. And that doesn't mean you're no longer incarnate. It's just that you're not driven by the same incarnate desires. We're living in the ever-present now. So when you look back at how you first saw the world as a result of the teachings you were given. How have they changed over the decades? Oh, remarkably. Um, when we first released the America Map, and, and these teachings really are a great ancillary uh, teaching to go with studying the I'm America Map, which is the, the prophecies of the United States, we felt then, though, that this, these changes were just around the corner. And who knows, maybe they were. But I think by releasing these teachings and raising awareness and starting many of the different earth healing groups, people doing spiritual practice, people honing their consciousness towards what could possibly happen, we, um, I think that we have seen some changes that um, now, like as I said before, I don't think we've held back the overall global warming. And I think, indeed, we're beyond that tipping point. But I do think at that point in time, they were very close, and I think that that's why the master teachers released that. But they continued to update information and explain that that nothing is really set in stone, especially with prophesied information, that prophecy is always given ahead of time so that we can do something now about it. And in this case, they shared many spiritual teachings and spiritual applications that we could use to actually effectuate a divine intervention. And that's why, I mean, in terms of prophecy, that's the whole purpose of it, is just to awaken everybody how to sort of minimize, you know, national peril, how to minimize natural disaster and all of these things. I mean, even in the Bible, you can read that that's what the prophets were concerned about as well. So it's it's not it's almost as if we continually over time. And I mean, my perspective now, after having studied some of the um, Hindu teachings about cycles of time, is that they're much bigger than anything most of us think about or grasp and that there's always these big cycles of civilizations rising flourishing and then diminishing if not disappearing i mean it seems to be there they are handmaidens of um, natural disasters whether they're planetary solar or galactic um, and and the evolution of humanity they drive consciousness there's no two ways about it i studied them too 
And um, there's two different types of timing, timing in those Hindu cycles. You can study classic Puranic. You could study the Lutaswar cycle, which he was the teacher of Paramahansa Yogananda. But, but in the Puranic, classic Puranic timing, there is a prophecy where they talk about a 10,000-year golden age of Kali Yuga because we are, sadly, right now in the age of Kali Yuga, the age of coral, the age of iron, a time where consciousness is not too high. But fortunately, starting about 1899, we entered into the golden age of Kali Yuga. And I think this is the same time period that the master teachers are talking about. So we will see a rise in consciousness um, for at least three or 4,000 years now, mm-hmm. uh, which is very good for us. But alongside that, I think we will have some global suffering. We will have some major catastrophes that we will have to learn to deal with in order so that we can recalibrate our energy and begin to, to work spiritually with that great influx of energy of the, of the golden age, of the new time. Exactly. And it's so interesting because in all of these teachings that you present, that there's a, there's a reality to collective energy. And I think oftentimes our modern-day culture minimizes the importance of each person because we so glamorize sports figures and Hollywood figures and people that have sort of cultivated fame. And there's been, I think, a great diminishment in, in, in sharing with society, each person, child and elder, that what each one of us thinks and does is literally affecting the entire world right now. Well, there's always this great between, you know, juxtaposition between Eastern and Western culture, between the individual and the group. And I honestly have come to the conclusion we need both. Mm-hmm. But we seem to overemphasize the individual mm-hmm. in our culture, our Western, but it is the group where we're moving into the one. Interestingly, individual uh, as a word, its Latin root is individus, which means cannot be divided. So I feel that when we talk about individualization from a spiritual philosophic point of view, we're talking about the development of the individual to play an archetypal or a very important role within the group. And I, I honestly think that this is some of the teachings that the spiritual teachers are getting in the, all of the I'm American material, and especially they engender in a teacher of yours. Mm-hmm. And and one of the interesting things is the kind of technologies that they speak of, one of them being that there will be a weather crystal. I mean, it's not just words about how our states of consciousness will be dif- different, but they already imparted through you and others around the world that these technologies already exist. Yes, and I wondered when I read that, are they talking about HARP? What in the world are they talking about? So I really dove into that philosophy, and what they're talking about ideally is the principle of stillness. And which is also Taoist philosophy, that when the elementals are in harmony, that is, when they're not being influenced by discordant human consciousness, they move into harmony, and time slows down. Interestingly, one of the prophecies that the masters have always shared as we enter into this time of change is time compaction, because of the discordant and the pressure and all the disharmony that's happening all the time in our environment. And we have a much, much larger population today as well. That time just seems to compress or compact upon itself. But they say in the new time that we will actually be allowed to experience a time of stillness, a time where we can actually take in the new energy and the new vibration to help us rise 
in our spiritual evolution and growth. You know, I've, I've shared before some of the uh, Kabbalistic prophecies, which are comporting with the Hindu prophecies, that we reach a time where humanity will go back up the chain into no longer having physical bodies, that the goal of humanity is for every human to become an ascended master. I think that's true, though. In fact, I was uh, reading a transcript, just a recent transcript that the masters had given us, and they talked about a time when we were just golden globes. That, that that's all that we had in terms of our physical body. We're just a golden globe of light. That's beautiful. I think that, Hollywood would love to hear that, too, the Golden Globe Awards. <laughs> yeah, the Golden Globe. <laughs> Maybe we can have some Golden Globe Awards of our own. <laughs> Who's doing a lot for humanity? Give them a Golden Globe Award. I love that. That's beautiful. Well, look, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we'll also continue our discussion about some of the things that you see that have changed. But I want to be sure we talk about what is meant by I am. Hello, I'm James Olson, author of The Whole Brain Path to Peace. My website is thewholebrainpath.com. You're listening to 21st Century Radio with Dr. Zohara Hieronymus, and I just loved being on this show, and she is such a great interview. I know you're going to enjoy whatever you listen to. The Whole Brain Path to Peace, where he talks so clearly about the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere, the male and the female, the positive, the negative, the intuitive, the rational, and that we really can bring harmony to ourselves and the world by learning how to balance both sides of our brain. Laurie Toy's book, A Teacher Appears, an introduction to the Ascended Masters of the I Am America teachings. You can go to IamAmerica.com and download a recording of the entire book. Laurie, what's so special about that recording? Well, it's a very special uh, theatrical production of A Teacher Appears. We decided to take just a different approach altogether to the material, and we hired 14 voice actors to come in and play the roles of the spiritual teachers. Oh, lovely. And it, it really, uh, you know, when you read something, you'll hear it in one way, but of course when you hear it, and especially when an interpretation is given to it, you really hear it differently. Mm-hmm. So it's really... Um, been a, a fun project, and we're really happy to offer it. So coming back to some of the particulars in the work that you've been doing your whole life. So I am America, and the words I am, you know, to everybody they think, well, that means I am, I exist, but it means something else in your parlance. Well, in these teachings, it means the individualized presence of God. And of course, when you work with a teacher, spiritual teacher, or an ascended master, that's a temporary state, working with them, they are always leading you to integrate with the present so that you yourself become empowered and understand the universe's principles and laws, which actually will guide your evolution into the ascension process. And so as you work more and more with the I am, you find that the I am is the crux of all spiritual development and manifestation, that it is indeed involved in every aspect of co-creation and the integration with the I am is the initiation really into self-realization. You also write that the I am serves as protection or armor. I mean, some yes. people would say when they pray to God or to some other deity that that's how they derive their sense of being protected. Well, the I am carries within it, in traditional teachings, a tube of white light that then floods the whole human aura. And from that comes our protection and our strength in order to proceed with our spiritual growth and development. 
when you look back, Lori, at all the years you've done this work, how has the message changed? I mean, obviously, as you've matured, you see it differently. And I think I as all of us, yeah, and I was going to say, and I think all of us who have sort of been exposed to believing in earth changes way before there was any geological anything to look at or any atmospheric anything. I mean, most of us, I think, since the early 80s or mid-70s have been talking about this. And only now is sort of like the scientific community taking more serious note forgetting all the political pressure that it's not real, not happening, but we know that it is. I see it. I see that, first, I think we're very blessed to have this information ahead of time to prepare ourselves spiritually for what is coming, because I think what will be coming is going to be very difficult for many of us to witness. Um, I am happy that some of it kind of slowed down and that, we were able to work at a spiritual level, I think, for that to happen. I think that that was also very important. But what I also see, which changed for me, is there's much more integration. I'm able to see a direct relationship in my own life with my own states of consciousness and what manifests in my life. And I think a lot of other people who apply spiritual practice and meditation understand that as well. But um, as I said before, I, I do also think that with these prophecies and with our changes that we cannot go into fear, that we really have to remain grounded and practical. But we also have to understand that we have to remain informed. And I'm not certain that the media is really covering this in its entirety. And so years ago, I began a blog. I just started. I really started for myself, though. So I wanted to be able to have the resources there when I was writing. And I began to see a thread of how many of these prophecies were happening in one way or another, maybe not as extreme as we originally thought, but in a lesser degree. And so if anyone wants to go to my website and click on the blog icon, you can go there and and go back through all of those articles and and really get a sense of just what is happening. And the major threat that I see is climate change and global warming. And it's huge. It's huge because it is going to change life on Earth as we know it. Oh, no question about it. I remember in talking to plasma physicist Paula Violette, and he was talking about these galactic core explosions, and he believes that that's sort of the main story behind the diminishment of all kinds of different ages. And even though there may have been war, there may have been meteors or comets, he said the big thing was a galactic core explosion. And he really really believes that's what we're headed towards. So that you're talking about such tremendous amount of energy being hurled towards the Earth well, to the whole solar system, that it would change everything overnight. And I think John Peterson has done a beautiful job from the Arlington Institute of sort of, he's kind of like a futurist um, planner, if you will. And they, they look at trends, but one of the things they covered are the wild cards. And, of course, a meteorite hitting the Earth is a wild yeah. card, or famine is a wild card, or the West Coast dropping into the ocean is yeah. a wild card. And they, they measure them based on the scale of impact, the range of impact, and the time it would affect us. And the biggest one I think everyone is talking about now is the electromagnetic pulse. And I remember when I talked about that in the 80s, people thought, oh, God, another crazy Zoe thing. And now that's what government's talking about, that all you need is a major electromagnetic pulse that will shut down all of our electronics, all of our electric grid. And that in itself would be an enormous change for this country or any other. It would be. It would be. I mean, people don't read real printed books anymore. And we just have such a different life that is lived in an electronic world. It's almost as if 
maybe some of these spiritual ideas have kind of evolved to this sort of cyberspace in some ways. And I can see how some of that would translate over in our evolutionary process. But if any of these things were to happen, we'd have such a breakdown. It would be, um, I think that many people would just not, they would go insane. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, of course, one of the things all the spiritual lineages speak of. And that's why preparation with an yeah. inner life is so important because outer lives can go upside down in a moment's notice and if Things it happens can change very quickly exactly if it happens to billions of people simultaneously that's a lot different than a single household catching on fire yes and and, and go ahead well i i really feel that there are physical things that we can do that are important and the master teachers have always said you know to put your investments into tradable resources get into precious metals to own your own real estate uh to grow gardens and interestingly, in A Teacher Appears, they talk about the seeds, and I think especially heirloom, heirloom seeds will become tradable commodities. No question. I agree with you entirely. I mean, just the basic assets, and that's why those of us who have been fighting Monsanto and other corporations who are pressing for this genetically modified foods, we know that it's like death at the door, and it could make it so difficult for anybody to grow food anywhere in the world. It's quite oh, it frightening. Oh, it really could. It really could, and so... It, I, I think it's important to support those who, you know, will distribute heirloom seeds, and, and that's definitely the way that I, I move towards. So looking then back to your experience when you were 22 years old, I know you're not 22 anymore. You've raised your children. <laughs> I'm a grandmother now. <laughs> Congratulations. That's a lovely thing. So when you say, you know, to everybody in the listening audience, we're going to see some of it, those that are living, but it's our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren who are really going to go through that very difficult couple hundred years, I believe, that we're beginning now. Um, and, and what advice do you have for parents and grandparents listening? Well, I think it is important to get them involved in any type of spiritual practice because of all forms of preparation, spiritual preparation is the most. If you have your faith intact, your faith really can carry you through any difficult time. And, Go ahead. And, and, of course, also the other preparation. I, I'm In the beginning when I started with this, though, I wasn't into food storage, but now I do advocate it. I think you should have some. Mm-hmm. I think you should be wise in that. I think you should, you should use it and not just let it sit and collect dust. It's something that you actually use and incorporate you know, into your lifestyle. But um, there's, there's um, a lot that is involved in spiritual preparation and developing a oneness with earth. Also, as we talked before, unity consciousness, the developing a sensitivity to all of life, and seeing that all life is interconnected as one, I think is perhaps one of the most important messages to share with the generations to come. Yeah, I, I believe so as well. And as you point out, all journeys are spiritual journeys, and so we might you know, have a great deal of pain and anxiety about watching earth changes or so many people lose their lives, but at the same time, that's part of the journey. I mean, and people will say, well, souls who are coming in now come in fully aware of what's coming, so they're really great souls that I are here for the too. cleansing. And I think that many of these great new souls are coming in to raise the vibration of Earth. I think they have a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. I do, too, and I've interviewed PM Otwater and others who talk about this new generation of children who have such devotion to the Earth and service, and they're unlike other children. They're... They, they're just much more consciously aware and much more interested in being of service. The spiritual teachers have talked about that. They call them the new children. 
They're also known as the indigo children, Mm -hmm. children of the seventh Manu. But they are a new generation, a wave of souls that are now coming to Earth to allow us to grow in our spiritual growth. And also they are here to raise the vibration of Earth. Well, amen to I am. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us, Lori. You're again, you can, to be with you again. You're welcome. You go to www.iamamerica.com or www.lauritoy.com. And don't forget, you can download a recording of this entire book. 21st Century Radio is produced by Hieronymus and Company. Our executive producer and research assistant is Laura Cortner. And I'm Dr. Zohara Hieronymus. And remember, we do need more love in the world.